you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Watson protected, escaping, going to run for it. You get a block on the edge, he's going to get there, first down and more. And Deshaun Watson, inside the 10, into the end zone for a touchdown. 49 yards. Just the start of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. Deshaun Watson's 49-yard scamper on third and long. The only touchdown of the game on Thursday night football. And that's all that the Houston Texans needed. A 13-9 win over the Cincinnati Bengals who lose for the second straight game in their building. A terrible loss for the Bengals. Dan Hans is here uh, along with Greg Rosenthal. We'll get... Mark Sessler into the mix just in a little bit to go through all the week two games. But first, we talk about the events of Thursday, and we'll start with the Texans' Greg Rosenthal. Deshaun Watson was not brilliant. In fact, he looked very shaky early on, and this is his first start on his 22nd birthday. But one big play was enough on Thursday night. Hey, when it mattered, Watson was cooking like those drums in the background, <laughs> you know, leading into that. Those drums really do cook, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's getting me fired up. Look, Watson, he had less than five yards per attempt. That's that's the Gabbard zone throwing the ball. But I was impressed that when they absolutely needed a drive, that's when they stopped you know, running first and second down. In the fourth quarter, he has his best drive of the game, which was essentially summarized by let's throw it to DeAndre Hopkins every down. Let him be more physical than the – Bengals cornerbacks, and they ate up six minutes of clock. So it was an extremely conservative game plan by Bill O'Brien. But these are the kind of wins he's looking for. Ugly wins as he builds this offense around Deshaun Watson and lets J.J. Watt and the defense win the game. They are really the the big stars. Yeah, the defense uh, played extremely well and once again made Cincinnati's offense. And they have a lot of problems, Cincinnati um, on both sides as well, but especially on offense. Uh, just on offense. Uh, defense is fine. All right. Played all well. Right. Okay. I think that's – well, what are you really excited about? We'll get to that. What yeah. are you really excited about with the Bengals as they now try to dig out of an 0-2 hole with only six home games left on the schedule? But uh, I think the interesting thing with Watson, I thought, Greg, was how early in the game, how utterly 
I wouldn't. I don't want to say he's scared because this guy's been on the biggest stage in college, and he's got. He was born for this type of spotlight. But how clearly the NFL game. He seemed a little spooked early on. Certainly not comfortable early on. And what happened? And Chris Collinsworth did a nice job uh, illuminating this on the telecast on NFL Network. Said. As the game wore on, you could tell him starting to get his footing a little bit and get comfortable. And I don't think he's able to have that drive at the end of the game uh, if, if he's not able to calm himself down. And I think that's what he did. Yeah, and that it kind of explains in one game why Deshaun Watson should be playing over Tom Savage. This offense is going to struggle no matter what. They tried to have a, some extra offensive linemen to shore up pass protection. That mostly helped, although it didn't help stop Geno Atkins. That's something to get excited about. I mean, Geno Atkins was the best player on the field. But you're only going to get better with Watson with experience. So it's something to build off. And if you can win some games along the way, then you're going to hang around in the AFC South. And yes, on the Cincinnati side of the ball, I thought it was a dreadful performance again by Andy Dalton. He didn't it, it doesn't look as bad in the box score as last week when he had five turnovers. No, but, 220 for 35, 224. If you didn't watch the game, then you're like, "Okay, he had a normal game." But you're you're absolutely just right. Just not moving the ball and I tweeted it during the game uh, because if you're a fan of a team like me, I'm a Jet fan, you get frustrated because these losses happen when you don't have a quarterback that can really lead an offense well. And right now Andy Dalton's lost, let's face it, because he looks like 2012 Mark Sanchez. Uh, not able to consistently move the offense, missing throws, making strange decisions. I didn't like that he was t- targeting Eric Erickson with a game on the line. Yeah, I- I'm forgetting what this guy's name. Alex Erickson, Alex and Erickson. they didn't even give him a chance to catch it. It reminded Airmail. me. It reminded me of a play that didn't matter from last week's game by Dalton. The game was over at that point, but he threw it out of bounds on fourth down in that game, and it's like, what? What are you thinking? He didn't give Erickson a chance. He had two or three, and and I think that's what you're thinking about wide open receivers that could have been big plays. Brandon LaFell, the monster play left on the field over right, the throw. That that he missed and Marvin Lewis said after the game, you know, they're that Dalton's job is secure and they gotta let Andy be Andy. But you know, he he looks more like two thousand twelve Andy Dalton or what he looks like is, you know, after midnight Primetime Andy Dalton. I'm not into QB wins. After midnight. I don't know. That's after the game. It gets late. You know, that's the press conference. It's just crazy. And I think this is why people have a lower opinion of Andy Dalton than he probably deserves overall, that he has had so many poor primetime games. His teams, I'm not into QB wins, but it's five, his teams are 5-12 and 12 in primetime, and they, they win two out of three games other than that. And it's just... I don't think I think it's just random ultimately, but this is a limited passing attack and they can't kind of figure out what they want to do. I mean, he he needs to have a bounce back effort soon because AJ McCarron is a guy that's been kind of waiting in the wings and they mm. and Dalton, you know, got excuses last year and I thought on on a lot of levels it, last year he deserved the pass, but to open up the season like this playing as poorly as as he is, something might have to change. And here's something telling Greg uh, before we get out of here. Um this comes from a local guy, uh, WKRC TV in Cincinnati. Uh, a tweet from Richard Skinner: Several Bengals players in the locker room said out loud, "We just lost to the worst team in the league." <laughs> well, I think frustration that's... is on high, and that seems like a shot at the Texans. But that probably is more a product of this team knows it's a lot better than this, and they are playing way below their ability. Well, I think it's a shot at the Texans' offense because the Texans' defense is good. 
But when you're a defensive player, I have a feeling that's who's maybe saying these things, and you see Andy Dalton's going up against a Texans defense that's missing their two starting cornerbacks late in that game. Kevin Johnson, Jonathan Joseph were both out, and yet Cincinnati was not able to attack it. That's extreme frustration, only 12 first downs to start 0-2 at home with the fewest amount of points in the first two weeks for any NFL team since the 2009 Rams. Woof. It's rough. It's as rough as it gets, and they're going to Green Bay next week. So that is a, a recipe for 0-3. The game on the line, and you target Alex Erickson. I don't get it. Now we're going to go through the rest of the week two games. Take it away, me. <laughs> the Around the NFL podcast can sing the Spanish parts of Despacito. Welcome back to another <laughs> edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? What was that? That was almost like a, a fever dream of a money tag. That was amazing. Little Desposito shout out. Like, I think the most popular song, video, in YouTube history. How about that? I mean, I know uh, about uh, that with the pop culture knowledge. I know about 16 words in Spanish, but I will say this. I saw money here this morning very early, and I know he's a busy guy. He's the Chargers radio announcer, but I believe he came in solely at one point this week just to record that. Wow. So very committed to our show. I appreciate that. It's hard to find that sometimes. Matt Money Smith, our intro guy. (sighs) What a guy. This is the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders, and uh, it is our Thursday preview show. You heard at the very top of the show – uh, the Texans Bengals recap. Uh, Greg and I took you through that, but now we're going to go through all the rest of the week two games, previewing them. And Mark, what a week two it's going to be. I love week two because I think week one creates all these myths. I was trying to sandbag you there, but then you actually turned it. I had a take. Yeah. Well, that came at you with something, but I yeah. really do like week two. It equalizes a lot of nonsense. That's going to be our, our new running segment. Week three, Mark. What a week. <laughs> I have to come up with 17 out. individual perspectives on each week. I mean, it becomes a, a complete you know, visual bizarreness by the time we get to eight or nine. So we're going to go through all the games, and I'll tell you how many games. Because guess what? Ain't no hurricane going to stop the NFL this week. Okay? Because that means 32 teams. Two teams already played. 32 minus 2 equals 30. 30 divided by 15 equals Two, two teams play in every game, times 15, 15 games to talk about. I got there. I think the equation broke down at some I got point, lost. But yeah, yeah, I, I got lost, lost. the numbers. It was a lot longer. I, like, wrote a couple texts during that. <laughs> I got. It's like in the um, the Beautiful Mind with uh, with Russell Crowe. The accents all the started numbers to fade away. It, just, it was all kind of like I fell into the numbers themselves, yeah. but then I came out and knew that we're talking about. No different games. than that. Um, all right. Guys, we have so much to get to. We should just get straight into it. And uh, why don't we go, Mark? These are very heady times for Mark Sessler, who's had an entire week uh, of the football cognoscenti talking about what a nice effort it was from the Browns. Oh, wow. And then big Ben Roethlisberger saying, ooh, keep an eye on the Browns. (laughs) They're special. Uh, So now what do they do? They travel to Baltimore, the old nemesis, the team that stole their Lombardi, some people would say, not well, me. Well, uh, I think those people are correct, but continue. What did Ben say again? Ben, ben said they're, essentially, they're for real. He said essentially 
No, I just we're really glad we're, that we're glad that we met them in week one versus when they really you know get going. Well, we'll see if that's how it actually plays out. What you were saying, how I, just I was wanted to set it, set up your little yeah. Ben bit again. Like, Those Browns are for real. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, direct quote. All right, here we go. They're playing the Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, Ravens 1-0. The defense, we know all about how good they looked last week in shutting out Cincinnati. Uh, Mark, what do you think about this this matchup? First of all, how do you think Deshaun Kaiser is going to fare now that he's going to have another tough game against another division opponent? Is this trouble for him this week two matchup? Well, I think I don't think you're going to run into a tougher defense potentially all season and it's hard as a rookie quarterback to deal with Pittsburgh in week one who took him down seven times seven sacks to now have to go deal with a Terrell Suggs led defense that last week Terrell Suggs absolutely owned Cincinnati's Mm. front five dominant and but so did so did a rash of other Ravens players so it is a challenge right away for Cleveland's rebuilt offensive line and there's no reason to think you can run on the Ravens because I believe only the very best running teams are going to have a chance against this Ravens team they would be my pick to be the number one run defense at the end of the year because of Brandon Williams because of uh, Pierce who's really stepping up as a as a big time player and that means you're asking a lot of Deshaun Kaiser which they did last week too I mean that's the thing that's so striking watching him. It's a bunch of five, seven-step drops. It's asking him to read the whole field. It's a lot of deep throws. Like, they are asking him to do some next-level stuff. He's a lot of fun to watch, but I think he was protected pretty well. Those sacks were mostly on, on him. him. Yeah. I mean, at least four of them, uh, I, I thought, were. And I, I, Cleveland's wide receiver core, it concerns me that they drafted four wide receivers last year. None of them have really stepped into a role that you could call a difference maker. Three of them are essentially ghosts at this point. And you don't really, in Kenny Britt, have someone you can lean on. Corey Coleman is the one one guy that I've, really tough I've seen grow through him, that touchdown catch where he got jarred at the line. I mean, he's he's a strong wide receiver. I want to ask you a question quickly, Mark, which is that you've, you've talked, like, for so long, that oh, this, you know, having to face Ben Roethlisberger and Flacco. Now you have an AFC North quarterback that you can call to sneak it on third and one and pick up a, fourth, a first down like he did last week or a, a fourth down on the goal line. Now you've got that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's been literally since no question there. You know, 1994, you'd have to go back to when they had a competent quarterback, I think. Um, question. One more Browns question I have. What, what is the deal? What's going on behind the scenes, you guys think, with Kenny Britt? Because it, it did strike me a bit odd that he dropped a pass. All right, it's a bad drop. It was but a bad drop. Let's calm down. Like, Hugh Jackson came after Britt in the media, and you just wonder uh, if, you know, maybe Britt can be a knucklehead behind the scenes if, the, if this is a starting of a souring relationship right off the bat, which wouldn't be good because they need Britt they to need perform. Him. They do, because it was either Britt or, or Terrell Pryor, essentially, in that role, and Britt had a good season last year, but I think, you know, in term, sometimes the Kenny Britt experience has gone sour. We know that. And I think Hugh Jackson was really calling him out last. I mean, it was a disappointing showing for Britt. You think that the Browns can win this game, though? You're pretty confident that they that they. Well, here's what I think. I, I, I think the one way is that, that Baltimore's offense, especially for me, when you take Danny Woodhead out of that that mix, he had a big role last week. They ran the the ball okay. I don't think that Joe Flacco's all the way back. I do think that Cleveland is going to do something in this game and get to one and one. That is are why they it? are. Are you going to do it? What? They are. are do no it? way. I'm locking it up. Wow. Every year I must do this early, and I, I've been humiliated probably five <laughs> times in a row with the early season Browns lock, but they are going one and one. Wow. Okay. I got the Ravens. 
Yeah, I'll take the Ravens, but hey. I think it's a close defensive game. Kudos to you. You want to peek but behind the eyes of Mark Sessler into his soul? He could try to downplay his excitement all he wants. He's picking the Browns on the road in week two. 18 to 16. Let's uh, move on uh, and talk about a inter-conference game. Intra. Help me out, guys. Intra. 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 Out of conference game. Out of conference like game. The Buffalo Bills took care of business against the Jets in week one. They had to. And, and frankly, they probably should have took care of business a little more thoroughly. Now they go on the road. Right, that, was, that was a little unnecessary shade of the Bills. They won in week one. What do you, what do you want well, from me? By the way, I'm no, dead wrong. It's not intra. It's, it's out of conference. It's not intra. I, wasn't, I didn't even know what the matchup was. Okay. So the Bills now go on the road to face the Panthers. And, uh, you know, we did a network hit on uh, here on this, on this um, campus, NFL Network, about who do you trust, Cam Newton or Tyrod Taylor. Greg, why would people not be trusting Cam Newton right now? Because he had – Four or five throws last week that just were wildly off target. I mean, 10, 15 yards. He had an out route that lost a little steam on the way there. Now, he also stepped out in the second half, was six for six. He had some fastballs, had some nice throws. But I want to see more out of him. And I also want to apologize to Tyrod Taylor and uh, LaShawn McCoy. And this Bill's offense that we expected to go out there and just not look very good. And they look like professional. They look very professional. 400 yards, look like the running game. And then you remember it. Oh, yeah. Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy are absolutely special runners at what they do. And they can, they can take it to any team. Yeah. I mean, I do think Newton seemed a little more comfortable in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. I think he went six for six down the stretch in that game. But he had some wild off-target throws early. There was a pass to Ed Dixon in the end zone, which was unforgivable. Way over his head. I here's the thing. What do you mean unforgivable? Yeah, like I've like, forgiven him. It, it's no hard. I'm not getting over. Things it. will never be the same. <laughs> I will not get over it. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it at this point. Well, you guys are different people. I take this game very seriously. No, here's the thing. The, if the Bills did look good, they were also playing the Jets. Yeah, but the You're, Jets' yeah, defense isn't bad. By You're the way, dealing with Carolina's I, defense. Greg, I gotta say, I, I feel like you gotta calm down about the Bills a little bit. You've been all pumped up since Sunday. Let's the, the, let's face it. The Jets are. My, barely an NFL team right now. My point is, Cam Let's Newton see, this used is to be real the, competition. Cam Newton used to be the best running quarterback. Now it's Tyrod. LaShawn McCoy doesn't break tackles. He breaks ankles. He's putting people on the ground. I mean, there was one run in that Jets game. He literally put three Jets on the ground just because they're slipping and falling trying yeah. to get this. Well, and don't you think the, the, the Panthers have gone out of their way to an excessive amount to not have Cam Newton be a running quarterback the same way that they had to rely on him in the past? The Bills are still letting Tyrod do what he needs and to do. And the Panthers have to be excited. Their offensive line makeover is a great one-for-one one after one week. And their defense, which I love this year, could not have looked better. So they, I think they like what they saw. Greg Rosenthal, December 1st, are the Buffalo Bills in the AFC wildcard picture? Put your name on it. December 1st. <laughs> Put your name on it, kid. Yes. Because that's you could be five and six, and you're in the picture for sure. So, that yeah. yeah right. oh, that was a that was soft a, backing. Yeah, that was but pretty <laughs> soft. <laughs> So a bit kind of crappy is what you're saying. Like, that's not very strong. Like their rookie first-round pick, Tredavious White. Uh, let's let's move on. Damn Mo- that in there. More out-of-conference football. Thank you. But isn't it in- inter-conference? Intra? Intra, I believe, would be, you know, 
inside one conference. But I, you know, we we do have people behind the glass that could potentially look that up. For like us. an interstate goes. I mean, I, at this point, states. this is becoming embarrassing. None of us know what the word means. All right. Well, let's let's keep working on this. Maybe it's something Erica could help us out with. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals crushing crushing news this week that the David Johnson wrist injury is serious enough where he's going to go on IR and they hope to get him back in uh, December, but even that is not a promise. So that's where the Col- that's where the Cardinals are. And, oh, by the way, they, they blew a fourth-quarter lead last week in their 0-1. Here's the good news. There's plenty of football left, and your Week 2 matchup is in Indianapolis against a team. I think the Colts, if you had to make a pick who looked the worst of any of the teams in Week 1, I think you have to say the Colts because the offense didn't have a clue with Scott Tolzien, a quarterback, uh, and and I don't know, did, have they made the announcement yet? Who's starting in week two? No, they're, yeah. it, they're splitting first team reps in the middle of September, which is a real – I can't remember that ever happening, where a oh. team hasn't decided they're acting like it's camp and splitting reps. If you, get, if give Jac- Todd Bowles a couple of weeks. He'll, he'll, he'll help you. <laughs> if Jacoby Brissett has a chance to start and he hasn't been on the team at all yet, doesn't he need all the snaps? Well, Rob Chizinski did emphasize that he thought this would be a mountain to climb for Brissett to, to get in and learn this offense and be able to operate it. Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. Wait, you know what I just realized? Yeah. We have a Jake Brisket drop, and we have a Scott Tolzien drop. Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien. <laughs> We've got we've got Tom Savage too. So the AFC South leads the league in <laughs> yes. quarterback drops. Um. Yeah, so. Tom Savage is real bad at football. So we got everything covered uh, in the AFC South just about. But, all right, so here's the question. They look so bad. Are the Colts that bad? Because if if they merely had a bad week and they're trying to get things straightened out, you expect a good effort at home here. But there's also a chance, I think, even without David Johnson and the Cardinals as bad as Carson Palmer looked, that they might go in there and take care of business. I don't like the way the team still is built for the most part, and you're missing a premier quarterback. They are that bad because they. It's you're missing one, a premier cornerback too. They're right. be, their best only defensive player. You're missing your your center. Uh, your right tackle just went on injured reserve. There's some good players on the Colts' offense, but it's just a handful. That's not a team. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, we're starting to look at the Cardinals and wonder the same thing because it's it's just I think it's you say the good news. There's a lot of football left. That's true. I thank you. I really am concerned about this season and, and where they're going to be. This is a team that said they wanted to chase the Super Bowl. There, there are some curious Carson Palmer throws, uh, similar to Cam Newton, where the kind of the steam just went out of it at the end. Not that was that was worrisome. But even a bigger worry was they had the the second worst ranked pass protection of any team. Carson Palmer took a lot of grief, as he should have in that game. But there were a lot of players on that offense that struggled. I mean, they, David Johnson, by the way, struggled. The offensive line struggled. Right. Like, they, they had more problems than just Carson Palmer. I'll tell you what, I'm ready to stick a fork in the loser of this game. Do we still do that, Seg? No. Well, I mean, not I typically su- in week two or week three, but it's possible. It's one of the few segments <laughs> I've successfully killed. <laughs> yes. I just, I, I do believe the loser of this game is going to be in a world of hurt. Not only are they going to be banged up, but are going to be an 0-2 hole. That's going to be hard to get out. I, w- I would lock this up for the Cardinals if I didn't feel like it's too much They're of a layup a mess at this too. point. Yeah. It's, it's, Wait, no, really? no. Oh, it would be a nah. Let's pass it. No, the Colts. I think you shouldn't be able to lock. You had a bad lock. You had a bad lock it up effort uh, last week, didn't you? That's true. You, we forgot that I. You had blinked the on the Rams, and then you took the Saints. At a road underdog. That's a fail. That's a bad job. Sad horn. 
You got. I mean, listen. You, we didn't call you out on it on the Tuesday show, but we on some forgot. level, it's a bit. It's kind of your responsibility to own it too. Well, like, I was yeah, called well. out. I was called out for flubbing my lock, and so I I would only point to the producer and say, "Why would you not also tag Greg in that effort?" Yikes. Let's move on. A little on. late, but there we go. Let's move. Speaking of um, flubs, Mark, you tried to cook dinner, and um, you tried to cook a Tom Brady dinner. Connect the dots, everybody, and nearly cut off your um, index finger. How are we doing? A little people have been asking you, I'm sure, on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate How's that. your finger? It's Give weird us because it's in a smaller little tiny bandage, so it looks like, oh, it's fine, right? But like I whenever I take the bandage off, the skin is not healing. <laughs> so I'm I don't think we're out of the woods yet, and it's kinda gross to discuss. Apologies. But how's the nerve situation? How's your heart rate? Things are fine and you know, globally things seem to be fine. Moving on, the Tennessee Titans coming off a... Uh, uh, lost to the Raiders in week one. Traveled to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. Uh, a lot of good feelings for Jacksonville after a very tough preseason. Let's face it. They beat up on Houston and Houston, and now they get their home opener, a good spot. And they could, I'll say, take control of the AFC South of the victory. Do you <laughs> believe it? Hey, it's a weird division, Greg. It wouldn't be shocking because, look, they, they hand Doug Marone handed uh, – Tennessee their lunch it basically got Doug Marone got this job because he destroyed Mike Malarkey's Titans the Jaguars are kind of doing what the Titans did last year in terms of just like all running we're gonna just like beat you up and it worked for a week well and to watch. I love that Marone a month plus ago basically said here's what we're gonna do this season we're gonna run the ball about 40 times a game you don't need to know any more than that we're coming right at you and you can try to stop us Ran the ball 30 time, 39 times last week. Leonard Fournette basically faced more eight-man boxes than any running back in the league. Still succeeded. So if you're the Jaguars, that alone is successful. And, and they no out-tighten the Titans. Right. The, the Titans running game, I'm not going to get concerned after one week, but the offensive line really struggled in their third preseason game against Chicago and struggled last week opening up holes. So now you're going against Jacksonville. It's not going to be an easy matchup. I I, everyone was excited about the way that game played out, but that was the perfect blueprint for Jacksonville to win a football game where they make get a defensive score and they're able to play from ahead and start burning the clock. They still need a quarterback to make plays. So before I get excited at all about Jacksonville maybe being a surprise team this season, and I know their defense is very good, I'm going to have to see something from Blake Bortles, uh, and he's going to have to make some plays. And I think he'll have to make some plays in this game because I think we're all – in agreement that the the Titans have the potential to be a playoff team this year. They're coming off a tough loss. You think it's a that, big game for them. that this is a very important game for them, and they're going to come out with a ton of focus, and I feel like there are a lot of people are going to favor the Titans. So I, I expect them to score points, and I expect them to put in a good effort. So you're not going to get just give it to Leonard Fournette 30 times and, and win this game. I don't it's think not it going to work way. as a long-term sustained plan. It's got to be their defense. But, I mean, we've been talking about Jacksonville's defense forever, and with 10 sacks and a touchdown last week on defense, they joined the 85 Raiders as the only two teams to ever accomplish that. In They're an so deep. I mean, like A.J. Bouye on any other team would be such a huge story. I mean, he had a great game. They, the Jaguars fans, I think, had almost given up hope of Dante Fowler and, and maybe even Miles Jack, who had really had a slow start to his career. They wanted him to play middle linebacker. He, he couldn't cut it there. They had really good games last week. So if those two young guys – Step it up with the with the players that everyone was expecting to be good. Like this gets next level stuff, and they got a chance, Daniel. Hey, you don't want to be called the Titans anymore? Don't start 0 two here. 
Don't well, do it. You, know, you got it. They have got to take this game. I don't care where it's being played. All right, good. Moving on, the Philadelphia Eagles, one and zero, and a thirty to seventeen, a nice win. The, the Redskins were kind of a mess last week. Let's let's uh, let's kind face of. it. But the Eagles deserve credit for taking advantage of a team just looking like it wasn't ready to start the season. Now they have a, a real tough uh, assignment because they're going to the Chiefs, and uh, and the Chiefs. If the if the Colts looked the worst, you could put the Chiefs in the conversation for the team that looked the best in week one. You go into Foxborough when they raise banner number 47 and you whip up on the Pats in the fourth quarter and in, in, in crunch time. Uh, people are feeling good. However, Mark, I feel bad about their situation in the sense that now Eric Berry is gone. How big a loss do you think that's going to be for the Chiefs going forward? I think it's big. You go from Eric Berry to Daniel Sorensen. That's, that's a massive drop-off. Eric Berry also sort of a heartbeat leader on the team too. But this Chiefs team is is not one of these teams where if you take two or three players away, the whole thing falls apart. I think they're a balanced Point. club on both sides. They're very well coached. And when you have the bonus of getting like a Kareem Hunt come in in week one and star for you, you're just adding strength on strength. They're, they can run the ball, and Alex Smith is more aggressive than he's ever been in his career right now. The matchup was huge, you know, against New England as a factor. But I think the offensive line – should have gotten a lot of the credit for Kareem Hunt's day and for Alex Smith's day. I watched that game. I like Kareem Hunt. I don't I don't know if Kareem Hunt showed that he's this special transcendent back. I think he's going to be an NFL starter that was given big-time holes. And the most impressive thing I thought he did was him and Alex Smith were on the same page mentally on that long receiving touchdown. That's next-level stuff for a rookie back. Like That shows that he's – thinking like a veteran already. And if they protect like that, then Alex Smith can throw deep. Do you want to hear a crazy stat? I would love to hear this a crazy This came from stat. our stat packet. I don't, yeah. research. I don't want to hear one. Last week against the NFL media Patriots, research notes? NFL media research notes. That's where they, this came from. He had those two 75-plus yard touchdowns last yes. week, Alex Smith. He only had two of those in his career <laughs> before the opener. I already knew that. What else you got? What are you? Are you? Did you author this packet? I thought that was a, well. How about this? He's never had back-to-back 300-yard passing games. That's that may remarkable. Ha- that may happen this season. He's I'm been not around this week. a long time. You know what? My favorite um, football thing, internet football thing, I just discovered this week. I'm probably late to this. NFL.com. I love NFL.com. I love the entire NFL media team and everything that happens within it. I have to tell you that uh, Brian Baldinger, who works for NFL Network, uh, if you follow him on Twitter. He will post like little video clips of him watching tape and then narrate it, which it's all it's kind of fun. It's yeah, a little bit adorable too. Uh, he and he one of the ones he did was about the Chiefs' offense, and he was just showing how having two, as he called them, chess pieces in Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, having them and being able to work them off each other with like rub routes and different things. They're both such explosive talents. And then he put in Kareem Hunt and Greg. You're maybe kind of slowing down the hype train a little bit, which is fine. You you could be right about that. But certainly the guy looks like he's very, very talented and maybe could be a star. Uh, there's a lot of weapons on this team. I like the image of Greg stopping a train. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot right. to like about this offense. Kelsey's starting to get noticed as a big-time blocking tight end, which he came into the league not knowing that. And so if you're putting that together, then you really create matchup problems like a Rob Gronkowski. And, yeah, I think they won that game because of the defense. Ultimately, Justin Houston in that game was the reason they was the main reason they won that game with a couple fourth down stops with the sacks late in the game. He's so strong. Like he is a defensive player of the year type of guy. And Derek Johnson, who is like an all time like 
going to have his jersey retired with the Chiefs, came back from another devastating injury and had a great game at, at I don't know what he is now, 34, 35 years old. Like, he is a big addition to this team. We didn't talk about the Eagles at all. We should. Let's talk a little bit about the Eagles. Well, I loved what I saw from Carson Wentz last week, and I you two did you not. You said you trusted him more than Alex Smith on our NFL Network. What That's that? Funny. What I meant by that was not attached to their teams. But if if I want to have either one of these guys for a twelve year career, I know what Alex Smith is, and I do appreciate that he's this season especially seems to be on onto a good thing. But career ceiling wise, I would gamble on Carson Wentz, and has a lot to do with what I saw last week. There's sure. growth. That's all I'm saying. I was saying this week. But trust oh, well, is more an immediate week. thing to yeah, me. Yeah, trust to me was all. this week. This well, week's game. To me, that was a, a Wentz game that showed the ups and downs of him. But he, you know what? Mark's also smart. Plays. Mark, when you're on television, when you got opinions that are outside the box. Thank you. That gets people talking. And that gets the upstairs suits talking yeah. and the well, shadow league figures doing cartwheels. I, I don't expect any of that to happen based on the hit we just did on NFL Network, but it's a good theory. Uh, moving on to uh, well, let's head over to the throne of sleaze. Check in. It's been a while. We come in peace. They seem friendly. I say we trust them. How great for our planet. The ungodly wind at the end. The unthinkable has happened. Um, 0-1, as we know, the Chiefs. We just talked about them. And now this is a very interesting matchup, Greg, for your your Patriots and, Erica, your beloved Pats. Uh, Because they go to New Orleans, who had their own ugly loss in week one. And it's a situation where you want to say, and everyone's like, the Patriots will be fine. Don't worry about the Patriots. Hey, they lost to the Chiefs and never lost again. Sure, maybe. But this is a tough spot for them, Greg, because they're going on the road against an offense that probably is ready to break out after a tough week one. And the, and the, and they're a work in progress on defense New England right now. This isn't the team you want to face when you have no coverage linebackers, which is what the Patriots have right now. Kyle Van Noy is their middle linebacker. They essentially played one or two linebackers throughout that game, six defensive backs. And you don't really see... Uh, guys that can cover out of that group. And New Orleans is amazing at setting up matchup problems on those short passes. With that said, they've had four extra days. The Saints schedule maker did did not give them any favors this week that they had a Monday night game on the road. The Patriots have been sitting home an extra four days. The Patriots have been preparing for this. They're very good coming off a loss. And that, that the Patriots offense, even without Danny Amendola, who hasn't been practicing, has a concussion, even without Malcolm Mitchell and Edelman. They still have a lot of players on that offense to give the Saints a lot of problems. I think it's two teams where you have to say, you know, there are a lot of new faces in in Patriots land on offense, number one. But at the same time, everyone's dumping on the Saints defense, acting like, oh, anything we saw in the preseason was a mirage, that they're just the same defense as before. I don't don't agree with that. I mean, they have a completely revamped, improved linebacking group, but it's all new faces. You got a lot of new faces in the secondary, and it's going to take a little bit of time for that to gel. I don't think they're going to be the same defense as, 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 as we've seen in the past. And if you look at what happened with Tom Brady last week, the deep ball was a huge issue for him. I mean, he, well, it's because they made him throw it. They they did the Falcons' plan of getting up in the face of those receivers and make them win one on one. And eventually, in the Super Bowl, it worked. But right. that's only because they got ninety plays. They didn't get ninety plays last week. And I think every team's going to do that. They're going to make Chris Hogan beat you one on one. 
Philip Dorsett. I mean, you would expect to see a lot of Gronk in this game. Gronk, who got shut down by Eric Berry, and you you know they're going to want to make him a part of the game plan early, I would think. I And you notice, old Daddy Zeuser, no crowing about hashtag gradual decline with Tom Brady, but he did have a very poor game. He had the worst completion pre- percentage of any quarterback in the league in week one uh, in actuality. So are we just assuming? I didn't think he played that poorly. I well, mean, that, compared that to per- last year, yes, right. but it, it wasn't that bad when you went and rewatched that. So it was a lot of time to be worried about it. No, all. but that completion percentage was just for you. So they're making him throw deep. I think it was two for eleven on deep shots. Sixteen. No, there's six. That's a lot of. Throws. There's a lot to work the worry about because people use the word system quarterback like it's some pejorative. But Tom Brady's the ultimate system quarterback. He's been in the same system for eighteen years. Brandon Cooks and him had bad timing on three different of the shorter routes. He caught the long one. He has to get timing with Philip Dorsett. The ma- the best things they do are change tempo and go five wide and then slow down the tempo. You can't do that when you have new players who don't really know right. all of the play calls just out- off the push of a button. It's tough. And one other note on the other side with the quarterback, it, Drew Brees has had a lot of success in his career against the Patriots. Not a ton of games, but in four games, the Saints are 3-1, and one, and he's got 10 touchdowns, one interception, a pass rating of 123. So... Breeze, uh, certainly Belichick and the defense haven't had Breeze's number. If Breeze is lighting it up, that's going to put a lot of pressure. I mean, it should on be a Tom good, Brady. good. This is everybody in the pool fantasy. Well, and they had a lot, a, of, a lot of scoring. These yeah. two teams had one of the best games around a couple years ago. Last time they played, it was a fantastic game. I want to see because here's the thing: you know, everyone talks about the running back situation with Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson, and Kamara. It's like none of them crossed 20 yards last week. And I wonder when it comes down to Ingram and, and a guy like Adrian Peterson, do you have to get him into a flow? Are there is there one too many running back? Is there one too many, you know, running backs on this team at this point? Maybe. I'm just saying, like, how it's hard to split. None Payton, of them played well. Sean that kind of got done this lost in the, in the shuffle that it's not like Kamara or Ingram ran any better in that game than Kamara did. by far was used more than the other two. Um, this game is going to be overwhelming. Let's. We should just pick it since it's a yeah. Let's pick. Close it. Why not? I mean, I'm taking Take the Patriots. It. Patriots have won the Super Bowl every single time they've started 0-1, and I don't see them going 0-2 here. I do think it's going to be a game that people can come out and say some good things about the Saints, though, afterwards. It's going to get sleazy. 0-2 Patriots enter in week three. Let's fly. Moving on. <laughs> That's how you get on TV. So well, it's, I was going to say you want an edgy, an edgy pick. That might have been it right there. Uh, again, that's, pr- that's probably wish hoping. Casting wish casting, level, but... Yeah. There's some logic there, too. Moving on, the Minnesota Vikings want to know, everyone excited because they played a really strong game uh, on Monday night in taking care of business against those Saints. Now they travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. You know, I know there's talk of the Browns are improving, and uh, they certainly seem to be, but not an underwhelming performance on balance, I think, by Pittsburgh, especially the offense, I should say. Uh, will they have any better luck this time at home against uh, the Vikings, another good defense? Well, you know, so when Big Ben says, you know, we were lucky to play the Browns in week one, which I still find slightly condescending, I I will say this. I think the Browns got lucky to face Pittsburgh when they did too because Le'Veon Bell, no matter what kind of shape you show up in, was not himself last week. Martavis Bryant, who we know is ultra-explosive, was not really even part. I think that those two guys combined for about 60-something yards. Bryant had 14. Yeah, I mean, he just wasn't in the mix. I think all of that could improve with another full week of practice, and Pittsburgh's at home. They are not the same team on the road. I'm a little worried about Martavis Bryant because of 
the preseason and into the regular season. I watched him pretty closely. He just has he usually has that special pop off the screen and maybe he'll get into it, but everyone just kinda and I and I am including myself in this, just said, Okay, we're plugging in old two thousand fifteen Martavis Bryant. But he hadn't he didn't play football for a year and he's not that guy yet. Le'Veon Bell I'm not worried about it at all. I actually think he looked pretty good on a on a few runs last week. But if you don't have Martavis Bryant, you have you know Juju uh, Schuster Smith who struggled last week. Like they're not that deep. They need of a someone else group. other than Antonio Brown to step up as an option. I think well Jesse James made some plays in the red zone yeah. and uh Brown is as good as ever. I, I let's give Martavis a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Before it's like a concern. It makes sense that he would be rusty right now. Well, I have a sandwich prop that Martavis and Antonio Brown are going to be the one-two best one-two tandem. I'm starting to get nervous about that because well, might Brown's going to have to do seventy percent of it. It sounds although like. you had he he had 184 yards, so you're not after that. You know what? Start. Yeah, that's. I'll well, tell you about a tandem. Going yeah. a tandem, Stephon Diggs, oh. Adam Thielen. 16 catches, 250 yards, and two touchdowns. Well, they're ahead right week. now. I thought I'm you were okay going to go that. set the valve and uh, David and Joe. I mean, you that goes without saying. I'll take my chances with the Diggs-Thiel uh, tandem. Well, you know, I think Adam Thielen is, is someone that just he, he started to blow up last year at a 200-yard game down the stretch, and a lot of people didn't want to really believe in Adam Thielen. He, the guy is legit. That, the the that, threat is Cooper and Crabtree, and I realized that while I was watching yeah. that game. I was like, oh, no, I forgot. those are guys. That was the one-two team last year, and they could repeat. That was that was the best game that we can remember Sam Bradford ever having, and it was partly because their offensive line overhaul, like Carolina, got off to a good start. Now they were playing New Orleans. This will be a, a much better test against a Steelers team that looks a lot different on defense. Kind of slipped under the radar. James Harrison didn't play in that game at all. I mean, they they basically benched them. It's Chiquillo and T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt just looks like. There aren't many guys that could make an interception like he made last week and rush the passer like he rushes. T.J. Watt had a, a one sack of Kaiser. I know he had two, but on one particular one where he was flushed all the way to the left. Kaiser's dancing around, evading people near, you know, at, toward the edge, and Watt comes back. And you're not going to see many players that do this. That was one of the video clips that Baldy also Baldy, studied. Baldy did a great job with that one. He beats the right tackle. He beats the running back. Kaiser flushes out of the pocket. He comes around from the backside and gets Kaiser. So we might be looking at another Watt superstar. This is one that? of those games I feel like on a Sunday morning show, you you would say something like, this is a good football game. This is, is going to be a real slobber. I mean, I'm just saying this is a good football t- game between two good football teams early in the National Football <laughs> League season. Yeah. <laughs> these guys, this is just going to be two teams that are going to buckle up their chin straps, and it's going to be National Football League football but at its finest. Zero media subtweeting going on there. But, Put put your hard hats on and go to work. <laughs> Call your wife, tell her that you'll be home, or maybe not, because this game's gonna be physical. <laughs> so the for the viewer, the viewer may not make it. I wouldn't wait too long to fill out those life insurance papers. Let's go to the field. <laughs> Let's move on. The Chicago Bears are traveling to Tampa to face the Buccaneers and um the Buccaneers, again, another team that we kind of forgot about because they didn't play. They had the rare week one bye. Uh, last time we saw them, they were having a really nice season on hard knocks. By one the of the all-time best seasons. I, I would put it right there at near the top. Quick aside. I, well, yeah. I will disagree with you, but that's fine. I believe that uh, it is right behind the Jets season of 2010 uh, in the last 
seven or eight years. So I, I think it's in rarefied air. I agree. You, you sneaky don't like the show, Mark. No, no, no. I I find it a tad formulaic, and I would say latter seasons, there's been too much uh, where five minutes passes, and it's just montages. I want to learn about coaches. I want to learn about how teams operate. Hey, and you got to turn around a, sh a sixty-minute show that. Day, you're getting. Like, I hear you. One break. of the best ones I thought was Cincinnati Bengals because you had you had three future head coaches on that team, and you learned a lot about the coaches, and that that's where I get interested. Hard that's knocks rankings. I think you go Jets one. I still go Ravens two. Maybe Ravens even the one because because it broke the mold the and it was great. Yeah, it, it really was maybe the best season. Brian Billick had an outrageous, audacious performance, and then Bucks number three. They they get up to the number three. Wow. I love the early ones. I'm not. It's not. It's not. I'm not anti hard knocks. We should at talk all. about I just, this I, game in these teams, though. Feel, <laughs> should we? Feel bad. Yeah. Should we actually talk about the okay. game. Let's do it. The Chicago Bears. Give it a shot, Mark. It's a good shot. I have given it a a shot for over a decade. I you know I have watched probably 95 percent of these. Uh, the Bears 0 and 1, 23 17 losers to the Falcons in Week One. Should have won the game. Jordan Howard, make yeah. a play. Hey, Jordan, make a play in a big spot. You didn't, and your team lost. It's all your fault. And then you have the Bucks. So. Uh, I feel like the Bucks are going to be obviously well rested, maybe a little rusty, even. A little harsh. Mark, what do you, th Howard, what do you think? I, I what? Oh, it's not all his fault. Well, you know, I think it's tough to have Sports, a week one bye. That's a. You feel like you know, talk about fear of missing out. You're not really involved. We have no and, idea what it is because it well, like never happened. No, it happened yeah. back in in back when the Browns came into the league and there were 31 teams. It, there have been a couple. There have been five teams, five or six that have had it. And it's been only one of those teams has made the playoffs. So I don't, I don't think that route channels back to much. But if you're the Bucks, I think that you've been waiting for this, and they are going to be amped up. They're at home. This is going to be basically the launch of Jameis Winston, Winston who was a complete star in Hard Knocks. So I'll give him that. I think Deshaun How Jackson nice is a huge part of this offense this well, year. They didn't have a play above 50 yards all last season. It's going to be a mismatch in the secondary. That's where Chicago is weak. That's where Tampa is strong. I think Chicago is going to be a very difficult team to run a against. They got some big bodies, and they made the Falcons running game look inept last week. And you got Jaquiz Rogers starting at running back for the Bucks, so you're not going to have much of running games. I think you're you're going to see a lot of four wide, five wide, chuck it down the field. That that's that's the recipe. For Does it matter at all that this team knows Mike Glennon very well? It could. I mean, I I don't think it hurts. You've watched this guy in practice for hurt. years. Um. I want to see how the Bears use Tariq Cohen after uh, a really great start in week 13. 13 touches, 113 uh, scrimmage yards, uh, the touchdown. This feels like it's going to head towards at least uh, between Cohen and Jordan Howard, uh, maybe a 50-50 split well, touches. Yeah, it already friend, was. Yeah, I had a friend text me and be like, I took Jordan Howard really high in this fantasy draft. Oof. Should I be concerned? Yes. Well, they they have a really strange offense because he's their most explosive player, and he's like a, he's a backup running back. They have an okay tight end group. You basically have no wide receivers, especially now with Kevin White out for the season. And it's almost like John Fox's dream. It's like, I don't need to – he almost won that game without needing the wide receivers at all. He's got his old double trouble, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart again with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. I mean, that's a good problem to have, having two great backs like that. Uh, let's move on. The Miami Dolphins. There you go. That's the other team that didn't play in week one. Uh, travel to Los Angeles in the StubHub Center. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins aren't going to be the only team at the StubHub Center on Sunday. Mark Sessler also there. Why are you going to be at the StubHub, uh, Mark? 
Well, I think we the point is to kind of experience the game not just as someone sitting up in the press box, but this is a cool thing for the NFL to have a 30,000-seat stadium, and they've done a lot of refurbishing of it to make it from a soccer venue to one that's ripe for the NFL. What and do they so have just, to do? Well, I mean, think about number thing. Like you're going to be you're going to be I'm going to be there walking around. Walking around observing going to go pre-game, post-game, talk to some players. Game. I'll watch as much as I can, but I'm going to watch it from different areas. But in terms of the locker room, good question because a soccer locker room is so much smaller typically. Mm. I, I want to go in there and see what it looks like and how they did it, but I talked to some people inside the Chargers building and they did a lot of work to make this a great fan experience, so I think it will be. That's exciting. So they they open up against it. You know what I forgot when I saw this right before the show is going through the different games. I kind of had forgotten because of the bye and everything because of uh, the hurricane. Uh, Jay Cutler's back in the league. It wasn't right. just some like fun offseason storyline and then it just right. floated away when real football started. He's now playing in a NFL game that counts on the road. Jay Cutler on the road in recent years has usually meant bad things, uh, Greg. But do you think perhaps he can hang in this uh, in this game? I think he's going to have a good season. I think this is a massive test for his offensive line with Melvin Ingram, who gets better each and every year and, and was the best player on the field on Monday night, and Joey Bosa, who had a great game. And so you're asking Laramie Tunsil in his first start at left tackle. They're a little shaky maybe on the right side. That's, that's not an easy ask right off the top on the road in – you would think they would try to establish Jay Ajayi as much as possible. I, I want to see what the Chargers do on offense, how they approach this game. I, I understand that the new coaching staff wants to run the ball a ton and be balanced, but honestly, I want to see the Phillip Rivers from the fourth quarter against Denver and just unleash it. Use Travis Benjamin down the field. You have weapons at tight end, all sorts of wide receivers. Melvin Gordon made an incredible catch for a touchdown last week. They couldn't run, and now you have to try to run against Indomitian Sue and that Miami defensive line, which had, there's a lot of talent on this Miami defense, not at linebacker. There, was but there wasn't a lot too, of, There wasn't a lot of results, yeah, last year. Uh, moving on to what looks like the biggest mismatch of week two, the New York Jets uh, head to the black hole to face the Raiders in their home opener. The Raiders had a really nice uh, week one performance in Nashville, taking out the Titans. Uh, the Jets got beat by the Bills. And now uh, this is – let's let's go down the list. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr at home after coming off performance when he looked very much like he will be an MVP candidate. Uh, Marshawn Lynch in his first game back in Oakland coming off a week one performance where he showed that he was still – Marshawn Lynch, and then the other team has is the Jets. I mean, well, it seems like all everything is there for a not just a win, but one of those games where at halftime you could kind of turn it off and know this game is taken this, care of. This is famously. <laughs> this feels unnecessary. <laughs> well, Erica Tamposi enjoys. That sound effect. I could be wrong, but I believe this is the stadium that Mark Sanchez famously ate his hot dog on the side. It is. It is. Uh, so, you know, it might be one of those kind of days. McCown. Oh, I thought you were about to call it a revenge game for no. the Raiders. I was like, <laughs> wait, the, something that happened eight years I'm just saying, ago? It might not be that. A lot of connected You're right. It might, not, it might not be that close. Jets were a little – I was a little disappointed by their defense last week. I, I thought they would be uh, – respectable defense, and they really didn't put up a lot of resistance to Buffalo. I know the scoreboard didn't look yep. too bad, but I, I thought the Jets would be better. Their run defense, which has been uh, – there's been a lot of things wrong with the Jets on defense the last couple of years, but primarily it was the passing game. 
the defense has always been good. No Sheldon Richardson, obviously, now. And maybe the cracks are starting to show because you got rid of Snacks Harrison the year before or let him walk in free agency. A lot of missed tackles. You need to see more from them. On the positive side with the Jets, that uh, I thought – I think we talked a little bit about this on, on Sunday. Jamal Adams was really all over the field in week one, and he looks like he's the real deal. Uh, people are talking about Marcus May. Um, in fact, Todd Bowles, who doesn't really hand out praise easily – spotlighted both of the rookies and said that they they both had strong week ones. Uh, so you, there are things on defense for the Jets to be excited about, but you still have a lot of holes. The linebacker position is unsettled. The cornerbacks, are it's not a great uh, secondary when you factor in the cornerbacks. And they still, and this has been a years-long thing, uh, decades long now since John Abraham uh, left town, they can't get to the quarterback. So all this is playing right into the Raiders' hands. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Jets, you have to probably go through a season like Cleveland did last year where it's going to be very tough on the fan base, but it's promising that when you're rebuilding with young players that you're already seeing them deliver and the safeties do Right, but good. this is the team that doesn't have a lot of young players. That they don't they know have a lot of draft They're picks. starting. Yeah. They're starting, but you're still starting Josh McCown and, and Matt Forte, which is awkward for a rebuilding team. And you said it on our uh, – NFL Network hit or pick him. I can't even keep him pick straight him. anymore. Pick but I had written the same thing down that Amari Cooper, as great as he's been the last few years, looks like a different guy. Like he is ready to make a leap to another level where you're talking about him as one of the best yeah, players. Yeah, he looks – He, I mean, he added weight, but it was the right kind of weight. I mean, we all add weight, but he, like, <laughs> added muscle, and he looks thick. And Crabtree, to me, also looks like a revived player. Think about a guy that couldn't even run at full speed a couple years ago after the surgeries he had. The two of them – I don't know how New York keeps up with that because Oakland sometimes feels like they have four or five plays in their playbook. It's throw the ball to Cooper, throw it to Crabtree, run Marshawn Lynch up the middle, and it works. Uh, and as dark as things seem for the Jets, I'll end it with one little positive note. The Raiders are one of the best teams in football now, and not so long ago, Reggie McKenzie was in year three of a rebuild with a rookie Derek Carr quarterback, and they started 0-10, and they were stripping all these old guys off the roster and getting out of cap hell. A lot of people wanted McKenzie to lose his job. You have to, yep. to see the plan through, and the Raiders did a nice job with this. You have to, if you believe in your guys, you have to let the structure stay in place to actually do a rebuild. We'll see if the Jets now in the year three of their GM regime uh, will have the same testicular Think of how many team. people passed on Derek Carr. How many of those teams that passed on Derek Carr would want him right now? Every one of them almost outside of New England. I think, I think the Jaguars would have would have liked him. Maybe. maybe. Blake. Uh, moving on, the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of an easy ho-hum week one win for the Cowboys. And let's face it, they, they caught some breaks first. The Zeke Elliott suspension uh, went into limbo, which allowed him to be on the field to start the season. Then Odell Beckham gets scratched uh, from week one, and the Giants clearly were not prepared uh, to handle – the loss of Beckham in that type of game. So the Cowboys want to know, and now they go to Denver. This is one of the best games of the week, I think, because uh, despite the fourth quarter failures of Denver to put that game away and then they needed to get, uh, I wouldn't call it lucky, but they made a big play at the end to block the kick to, to get the win against the Chargers. The Broncos look feisty to me. And yeah. Trevor Simeon looks feisty to me. So Dallas is not going to go in there and, and handle business like they did with the Giants. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that Cowboys defensive performance was really impressive, but I don't know if the Giants are just one of the worst offenses in the league. I mean, still to hold any team to three points and get after it. Charles Tapper is a, a young pass rusher that they're hoping can step up along with Demarcus Lawrence. But to go to Denver is a, is a whole nother ask because this looked a little bit more like the Broncos team's 
from a few years back where you can get some push in the running game. And C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles as a combination, I think, is really going to help take the pressure off my boy Trevor Simeon and make life a little easier for him. No, that's what they couldn't do last year when they lost C.J. Anderson was consistently run the ball behind an offensive line that was one of the worst in the league. I, I really think that their first-round pick, is it Garrett Bowles, the, the, yeah. the left tackle? Really good game last week. Made an incredible uh, block downfield that sprung for a big play. I mean, he that's that's a guy they needed that pick to hit big time, and it has, I think. I want to see the, the Cowboys lost to Orlando Skandrick, and that already was a thin cornerback group. That's why I was... He had a plate put in his hand, and he still thinks he's going to play this he, week. He has a chance. Okay, I didn't. But but that's. I mean, if someone put it, I don't know that. If someone put like a plate a in my Mason. hand, I wouldn't yeah. show up to work for weeks. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you type a lot, so that would be that might even be tougher for you than Orlando Scandrick. We we gave the Broncos, by the way, a lot of grief for you know they, they got rid of Wade Phillips, changed to to Joe Woods. Their run defense was so much better. Really handled. Los Angeles last week. So is that legit? Because they're about to face really the best uh, offensive line and running game in the league. If, if their run defense is legit, you have Shaq Barrett and Von Miller coming after you, then they're back to being a major factor. This was the game that gave us Tony Romo versus Peyton Manning Ooh, yeah. in that incredible game from Saucy. four seasons ago. I think that Dak Prescott versus Trevor Simeon, I think that's a great quarter. Trevor Simeon is going to be, if he continues at this yeah. pace, one of the stories of the season. It's not peak Romo Manning, but no, it's really good. It, I agree. One of the games of the week. Um, and one note about Dak Prescott. I found it a little bit odd that he's not getting more love even entering the season. Coming off the year he had, he's playing for America's team and all that. It's like and, he's always been overshadowed by Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. And I think – and maybe there's a bit of a narrative in play. Like, listen, if you – It was a surprise when he won Rookie of the Year when he had literally had the greatest quarterback rookie right. season of all time. And I think it almost works against him. He's like, oh, with that offensive line and that running game, you know, any guy could do it. But, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. And if he goes into Denver against – you know what they call it, Mark? The new play zone. You know, you're not big on these uh, position group nicknames. Are I you? just don't think "No Fly Zone" is that it's, good a name. Like, couldn't we do a little we will, bit better? Although I will remember, I have a terrible memory, and I will remember this trio: Chris Harris, Akib Talib, and Bradley Roby as the No Fly Zone. Like in ten years, yeah, if you ask me like, who the No Fly Zone is, I'll actually be able I mean, to remember. Yeah, but, but it typically like, points branding. to like like war torn nations not wanting like invading armies to fly how over the like, space, but. You never throw when you're in a Rocky Mountain avalanche. That's better. Rocky Mountain avalanche is better. It doesn't really suggest defensive backs and secondaries and don't come up this mountain. Don't hit out at the Broncos just because the Jets tried to steal this uh, oh. nickname on Twitter. <laughs> that didn't go well. Did they really? Did not go well either. That's that, really that was a summer storyline. <laughs> that was a big time summer storyline. Uh, all right, let's move. Who, who do you got in that game, by the way? I'm just curious. Huh? I haven't. I guess Give I me the pick and the score. Well, I haven't officially made my picks for our NFL Pick'em show. I believe you can join our group on NFL.com slash Pick'em. Why wouldn't you? And you can watch us on NFL Pick'em on Saturday. And now you're getting to my territory. Greg is, Greg is throw like, it out there. It's coming up. Yeah. Okay. Greg's trying to come Nine up with the a morning, pick while he goes on this. 9 in the morning, 2 p.m. and uh, 11 p.m. And then there's a uh, Sunday showing that leads into game day morning, uh, Connie Fox's show. What anyway. I would do with Pick'em is I would DVR it yeah. and, and on every television in your house and then also through, an, through any possible audio channel, play it on repeat for the next four weeks straight. Just this week's show. See I'm, what happens to your family. I'm going to take... Brings families together. Sure does. 
I'm going to take the Broncos. Okay. I took Denver last week. The two of you chuckled at me. Denver is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, and I think they're going to pull off. We chuckled at you? Yes, on our pick'em segment. It wasn't People like can, a, some type of like. It's un- documented. Anger. It's documented. Uh, and they're going to win again at home in Denver. Two and zero Broncos. I believe the Cowboys. Um, even though I do predict them to go eight and eight, so I'm getting into dicey territory here. <laughs> uh, I do think they're going to win, and Dak Prescott's going to play well, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, Dak Prescott's awesome." Uh, so that's my pick. The Cowboys, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Denver 27-24 in overtime. Did you pick? Oh, you picked the Broncos, right? What was your score? Well, we need scores now. Please. Provide one. 21 to 18. <laughs> Moving on, the Washington Redskins. Yes, sloppy week one loss at home. And that's tricky. You got to win that home opener because the way the schedule usually breaks, then you go on the road. You never know what you're going to get. And what you're getting here is the Rams. And you're getting a Rams team that just uh, embarrassed their opponent, the Colts, 46-9. And the Colts are kind of a uh, injury-riddled mess right now. So uh, maybe that is camouflaging really the difference between the teams in that matchup. But still, you cannot say anything bad about the way the Rams played on both sides of the ball. So this seems like a really, really tough matchup for a Washington team, Greg, that's trying to figure out its stuff right now. They, we talked in the offseason that the key to this team could be Terrell Pryor and Josh Dotson. Josh Dotson barely on the field last week, I think 18 snaps. Terrell Pryor clearly wasn't on the same page with Kirk Cousins, had a couple drops, uh, did not have a strong game. That's not going well. Their offensive line was one of the better offensive lines in the league last year, and yet they couldn't protect Kirk Cousins at all. And now you got to go up against my my uncle Wade and Aaron Donald. Uh, I back. He, he was your adoptive father. Of you. No, that's what you said. That's You're not you my said. real dad. He's got to go up against Aaron Donald on his so. way back, and Ro- and Robert Quinn and uh, Tremaine Johnson. And this is not a team you want to play when you're struggling on offense. Kirk Cousins told Sean McVay, I owe you my career when he left town. Mm. Well, Sean McVay is on the other side, and that's why he's going to owe him a victory this week. I'm locking it up. Wow. (laughs) So you got on my (laughs) Rams corner. You're on my Rams corner. You came on my corner now. What are you talking about? Because I have the Rams. I had the Rams last week. I was locking it up. And look at this. I don't even put it past you that you saw that little icon. Why would I Because I'm also going to lock it up. And I don't care if you already locked it up. Why must you be opposed to each other? You've, you've done something I mean. and you've unified here. No, because Greg and I should have been unified back-to-back weeks, but he blinks. Well, this keeps happening. I don't think about the lock of the week until late in the show, and suddenly there's only Seahawks, 49ers, <laughs> right. and Packers, Falcons left. So like, well, I don't a like lack those. of preparation is not our problem. You need to, like, really – Mark and I, we went to the public library yesterday, and we did 12 hours of research before sure. making our lock. Look, I got lots of notes. And I came up with Cleveland over Baltimore so (laughs) so anyway I I said this earlier in the week I sincerely believe it It, I feel like in the cosmos the Rams are going to be one of the September storylines in the league because uh, I really love the way Jared Goff played and I know there's no Vontae Davis and all that but he just looked so proficient and he didn't look anything like the guy last year and you know confidence is such a big part of being successful um, at that position, and he's got plenty of it now. And now you got Aaron Donald back. I think this is going to be not 46-9, but I think it's going to be a decisive win. One little tick. The 
Goff looked great last week, but he had the second-worst QB rating against the Blitz. And no team except the Panthers blitz more than the Redskins. Yeah, I got to see more out of Goff. He had a good week, certainly better than any game he's had in his career. He had unbelievable pass protection that's just not going to happen where he's just sitting back there. There's no one near him for most of it. He's going through his re- – like, that's great, but most quarterbacks can do well when they have that sort of protection. That's not going to happen every week. And I want to see a little more out of Todd Gurley. This has been an offseason yeah. narrative that I was – Thumping, and I and I and I just want to see him break some tackles. Sometimes there's holes there. I want to see him do something special. We know he's solid, yeah. but let's do something. He's special. running out of rope in in the sense of benefit of the doubt. And Greg, you kind of were yeah, you were hitting at it in the off season, but it was another shaky game. I'll again point to some Baldy tape where he he did a slow motion cr- capture of a third and. Uh, forever, where they just did a draw, which should have gained eight just yards. Baldy on the show. I and mean, well, had, you know, he's offered to come on before. Yeah, they had three different gaps he could have shot through, and he just there was no explosion to Gurley, and he got brought down for a two-yard gain. I think you were at Let's the public it. library with Baldy. Right. I don't it's remember be even being at the library. A new sponsored segment. <laughs> Dan reads Baldy's tweets. Baldy's a world traveler too. I would go. I would just like follow Baldy around, and I would like read his tweets as he was doing various adventures around the world. Right next to him, watching him tweet. He would, and then quickly, he would quickly have you arrested. He, I don't think that would be part of his travel plans. Why do you say that? Arrested? That hurts me that you'd say that. Well, like, I, I, I don't think why it's Why wouldn't personal. he enjoy my company? There would be, there'd be a man following him everywhere he goes. It would seem slightly suspicious. <laughs> it's not personal against you. Well, the arrest certainly seems like it's personal. But I'm oh, going to move That's legal. Forward. It's legal. Yeah. What, what is this? What is this pen thing? Greg wants us to move on. Oh, I'm joke. not involved with this. It was called let's a joke. On. <laughs> All right, let's go move on to the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, two 0-1 teams. Uh, but this this one looks like a mismatch to me personally, uh, Mark, that the Seahawks are going to get healthy at home after a tough week one loss in which they didn't even play poorly. They just got outplayed by another um, NFC giant. What do you think? The only concern I'd have for Seattle is – Again, it's another one of these left tackles. Reese Adiambo, I believe is how you say his name. Seattle's fill-in left tackle who got jobbed last week. He's their left tackle. He's their left tackle. And you are dealing with, I, I really like San Francisco's front seven. That could be a problem for Russell Wilson, who's not been protected well for a while now. But I do think Seattle takes this thing without too much trouble. And they did not let him operate. It was, it was beyond just like, hey, they struggled. It was like, no one could have succeeded with what happened with the Seattle line. And I like the San Francisco, too, on paper. I did not like what I saw last week. Not from offense, especially. Uh, but no, but either side of the ball. You know, once Reuben Foster went down, it, that, that is a huge loss because he seemed like he was going to be a huge difference maker. They really got pushed around by Carolina up front. It was not, not it was a very Chip, Chip Kelly-like uh, dud on both sides of the ball. It was just yeah. week one, but it was, a, it was a bit of a dud on both sides. I would be alarmed if Seattle doesn't score at least three touchdowns in this game. Mm. I think they will get – and you're right. The offensive line has been a, a concern. It was again uh, last week. Uh, but, you know, this is a game Seattle has been winning for five years now. These inferior NFC West teams, usually right. the 49ers, come in. They take care of business and get healthy. I don't see that change. Well, I think one of their touchdowns is going to come on defense because it should have last week. Hoyer – was not protected well oh. in that game against Carolina at all. There were sometimes four or five Panthers got, you know, defenders were breaking through at the same time. Now you got to play Michael Bennett and Sheldon Richardson and Averill on the road. Forget about it. Uh, let's move on to 
this is the game of the week. Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers coming off that win over the Seahawks travel to Atlanta where they open up that new building. Uh, I think the roof is open, Mark, at Mercedes. I have read that they are going to. It, it's I, it's something Stadium. like the 15 – I don't know what the number is, but it's like 15 acres is how big that roof is, which is a weird way to measure a roof. Very strange. Hubba hubba. Uh, so it's a rematch of the 2016 NFC Championship game. Mark, uh, your thoughts on this battle? Well, I mean, this is a NFC title rematch, and I do feel like – you know, I said that. Well, I, I, I agree with your point. Uh, Not really a point. It's just a fact. Well, I would say it was strong analysis by Dan to point out that these two met last January. It wasn't Good analysis. Just I was like laying the tracks as a host. Everyone's panicking over Atlanta's <laughs> offense, and I I just don't quite feel that we're at that point at all yet. And I I think they're going to get right at home. Julio Jones talking about that game lit them up for 180 yards. This is a different situation this time around. I think Green Bay's improved their secondary son, but. If you're Green Bay, you have to open with Seattle, and now you have to deal with the Falcons. It, is this essentially another playoff I don't run like in this. September? This is too early in the in the season for for these two teams to play, especially after Green Bay Seattle. But you bringing up that game in their secondary points out who was covering him that game. Ladarius Gunter, who released now was not even on the team. They cut him, so that shows. Did he work at the coffee shop on Friends? <laughs> Stop. That was uh. That shows how much deeper they are now. They actually drafted Kevin King to, to start. Everyone said, okay, now we're better. So Kevin King's not even playing for this team because they have their veterans out there. They looked like a tougher defense last week, and I'd be a little worried about the Falcons' run game because they were really dominated by Chicago, and you know a lot of their offense does come off that run game. They're playing up against Mike Daniels, who had a great uh, game last week and certainly can cause problems. So I'm, I'm watching that Devontae Freeman in the run game. I. I, Ty Montgomery, I, I get it. I see what they're trying to do, but I wasn't blown away by him. And I feel like Green Bay simply refuses to get year-to-year -year a run game that you can truly rely on. I, love, I really liked what I saw out of him last week, especially to end that game, that he got tougher and tougher as he went. Uh, it, I thought he showed a little something that, okay, maybe this is a 15, 20 carry-a-game type of guy. You got to see you know, more than just one week, but I like how he closed that game. Uh, I – think someone to watch in terms of having a bounce back season is Randall Cobb, who uh, got, you know, ca has got cast into a number one receiver role a couple of years ago, and it, it was clearly not a good fit. Last year, he disappeared for stretches of the season. I thought he was in a perfect situation last week, and I could totally see him. He got open him. a bunch. Yeah, I could totally see them getting back on back on track, and if he stays healthy, having like a 90-catch season. Then they're so deep. I mean, he could just have, he has so many options to throw to. Their, I mean, their offense is going to be once they get warmed up, and that was well. And Martellus Bennett, I, he looks like he fits right in. He's he's a perfect fit. The, everything, the running game, you can ask questions about, but if they just can get in sync and they're rolling, they they're going to score a lot of points this year. One injury to watch: Brian Balaga coming off that ankle injury has mispracticed on this Thursday. With they sent him home with the flu, and I typically the flu does not seem like something that would stand in the way of playing, but combining it with the ankle that. That right side of the line was not good last week. Yeah, and I'm expecting this Falcons defense to be better this season. They were okay as a group last week, but Devondre Campbell really stood out. This is why you got to watch more. You know, one week, you never know. I mean, if you're giving out Defensive Player of the Year, I might to give it to Devondre Campbell right now as a second-year linebacker. And suddenly, him and Deion Jones flying around together. If Campbell really improves that much, that is a, a difference-making duo. Uh, finally, Monday night football. The Detroit Lions, uh, yes, they beat the Cardinals last week at home. Now they travel to the Meadowlands to face the Giants. 
a very dispiriting loss for the the, the Giants in Week One at Dallas. But now it looks like uh, Odell Beckham, as of now, is heading toward the right direction and and will be playing on Monday. We'll see. But he did practice in a limited capacity on Thursday, which is a very good sign. And you wonder if that's what it's going to take to wake up the Giants' offense. Of course, Beckham has been there. Uh, they haven't scored over 20 points in seven straight games. He was there for all those games too, but maybe he gets in the mix and they get a little flow going because it can't get worse than what it was last Sunday night. He also, a, a little while ago, called the injury a six- to eight-week injury. We're raising suspicion that he w- that whether or not he'll be available in this. So I, there's a lot he more. He called to, it that? Personally. Yeah, there's more to there's. And the injury was, what, four, three weeks ago? This, yeah. yeah. Well, no, this is going to be well, four weeks. Four. Yeah. That's problematic. This giant, he can't save this giant's offense. Everyone's like, okay, you know, you saw the difference without Odell Beckham. Yeah, that's true. But they were a, a really poor offense last year with Odell Beckham. They to have the lack of confidence to not test that Cowboys secondary really at all. Like Eli Manning just wasn't having it. Third and twelve, I'm throwing it two yards. Third and eight, let's throw it four yards. You know, third and third and one, let's not even trust our running backs. Let's just go four wide and try to complete a pass. Like. It was right there with the Jets. Even the Jets, I think, looked better uh, to passing the ball early in that game with, with any offense in the league at the bottom. That's why I made New York my Super Bowl pick, and uh, no, <laughs> no choice but to stick with that, but it feels very endangered. What I don't like about everything, along with everything you just said, you knew you had issues at running back. You didn't do anything to change that. In the, they, they seem like this, it's just a continuation of, of last season on offense. And we'll see if this what kind of matchup this is in terms of going against Detroit. But when I when I saw what games were left in and I knew I still had to lock it yeah. up. I thought pretty hard about locking up the Lions. If I could mm. do a double lock it up. Am I even allowed nope. to do that? Can't no. do it. I no. would double lock it up because I really do like the Lions to win this game and Stafford showed me something last week and more than that, he's got more help around him uh this year. I think Kenny Galladay could really change this entire offense because he is so he looks so good on the perimeter and his his feet for a big guy able to beat some smaller cornerbacks at the line and now that he's outside Golden Tate's inside I I love me some Golden Tate in the slot and he was playing out of position on the outside so suddenly two spots are better the line's a little better and you're and you're cooking with gas I mi- I feel like there's a missed opportunity because Greg's so excited <laughs> yeah about I'm more the line. excited about this one and you know what the honest my honest I'm thing. locking it up. Wait, no, you're uh, not. Well, you oh. could, if you want to pull out your lock for the Rams, you could do that. I don't know. Oh, wow, this two is, weeks in a row. This yeah. is too confusing. Well, no, well, it's honestly. It's straightforward. I'm actually. sticking with the Rams. Sticking with the Rams. Okay. No, I feel like it's a missed the, opportunity. The fans will know that I double-locked it up. No, they're they're will not, gonna, they will not respect that. Uh, they will not observe that. No. I'm into the Lions. I was going to lock up the Giants, but because it was Monday, I didn't think it was, was going to be as theatrical. So I went with the Rams. We could have had a lock off. You were on a, a strange psychic wavelength. We could have had a lock off is what we could have had. And, and, and well, why don't you both get out of the Rams lock and do that? Let's make this exciting. Are we allowed to do you that? You want to do it? All right. It's a lock off. It's a double lock off. It's a double lock off. Wow. Listeners that cut out of the show early will be very confused. <laughs> history week. here. Um, okay, that's it. That's all the games. That will be coming up um, Sunday and Monday. Uh, make sure you check in on Sunday night, the flagship program, uh, the only Sunday night show that matters, the Around the NFL podcast, week two recap. Uh, that's when you'll hear from us again. You could check out our videos at NFL.com slash ATN video. You could check out our Pick'em show, our NFL network show that we do 
with uh, the Dave Downshuck football pro- uh, program and also Shepherding Logs. Uh, we do that. That's going to be on the air on Saturday uh, and uh, also early Sunday. So check all that out. There's plenty to go around. So much. And for our UK listeners, Don't can you throw that in there? Throw that in there, yes. We, we are going to be on Sky Sports. It's, it, it appears twice a week throughout the season. I believe it's 5.45 London time, if I'm doing the math right, uh, in the afternoon in their pregame show just before kickoff, 15 minutes before kickoff, and then you know, 10, 15 minutes after uh, all the games, all the uh, afternoon games. Bring in a little spice to the U.K. I mean, if you like if, if you're American brawn, if you're staying up till whatever it is, almost one o'clock in the morning to watch us there, then yeah. uh, then we respect you and we want to see proof of it. Huge amount of respect. All right, let's go. Got to respect. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. The old boss and the loose cannon behind the glass. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.